Well, welcome to the Veritas Peregrine Podcast. Uh, I'm John McCord, uh, co-host with uh, Nori Mueller here. Hello, hello. And we are here with Coach Bob Ritchie. Bob uh, coaches the Furman's men's basketball team. I feel like I got an extra S there in Furman's men's. Furman's men's. Is that right? You know, I've, I've never thought that through. Well the Dents. Yeah, he the coaches the Dents. Furman men's basketball team. But uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah it's just great. Absolutely. Well, we uh, are psyched to have you here. Bob, before we get into talking about coaching, as our first guest, I just wanted you to to help the listening audience just really understand the grandeur of this recording studio, <laughs> really help them visualize this space. Well, we've got nice glass opening right here exactly. with a good view on the exterior. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, I feel like... Just I, keep looking out there. <laughs> No, this is this is great. I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's the plus of 2020 or 2022, I guess. True. We were just talking about 20 before we start yeah. going, but you can uh, as long as you have a computer and a microphone and some people that are willing to have a good conversation, you can do about anywhere. Yeah, you really can. Yeah, that's it. I, I really wanted Bob to mention this shawl that we're using as like a makeshift uh, <laughs> sound absorbent blanket. We're just fancy here. Is what what I, that's what I wanted the audience to know mm-hmm. is the, the the high production levels of it's very professional of, of this thing. Well, uh, Bob, as a coach, we we just kind of had some things we want to talk to him about uh, even before we came in here to record. We we're talking to Adam Bloom, the upper school principal, about uh, the students taking AP tests and just you know it's it funny how much of what we were talking about just overlaps you know into your job. But wanted to just kind of ask you first, like how did you get into coaching? Um, what was that journey like for you? Well, growing up, my, my dad was a physician, and um, he was obsessed with basketball early, and I, I kind of picked up on that when I was young that, you know, Pop's not home a ton, but when he is, if I'm out there mm-hmm. in the driveway shooting, he, he kind of shows attention to that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I developed a passion for just basically just being out in the driveway and just shooting for hours, and um, that carried into playing and you know, dad coached me a lot when I was little and um, have a lot of good memories from that. Mm. And, you know, I, I just kind of grew this huge passion for basketball. We had some coaches in our family. My uncle actually played with Pistol Pete at LSU. Wow. And um, I had another another person in the family that was a college basketball coach. And, um, you know, as I got older, we lived in Columbia and I'd go to camp at South Carolina every summer. And we'd go watch South Carolina play when Coach Fogler was the head coach there, and they won the SEC that year, mm. and beat Kentucky twice, and you know BJ and Melvin and Larry Davis and all those guys. And I just remember one day thinking I was like 13, I was like, man, Coach Fogler must have the best life ever. Oh my I mean, goodness, that's awesome. He gets paid to do this, <laughs> and um, and so I try to keep that framework in the midst of my job now. You know, the the competitiveness and the you know, the, the quote-unquote pressures and the insecurity of the profession that trying to keep a perspective of this is what we get to do. But um, as I got through college, you know, I was I was I majored in business and, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I enjoyed competing in the classroom and had a pretty good GPA at the time of graduation and started to get some interest for some MBA programs. And I thought, you know, maybe I can just take a stab at both of these at the same time. Hmm go try to be a GA somewhere and mm-hmm. then get my MBA at the same time. And in two years, kind of see which road has the best runway. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I worked like seven camps in the summer. I was living in my car oh, and uh, I was already engaged to Jessica <laughs> and um, was trying to figure out what life was about to look like. And the head coach at Charleston Southern called me. I, I, I was talking with Chattanooga and Auburn and South Carolina and all mm-hmm. these schools about a potential GA spot. And Barkley called me and he said, hey, you know, I've got a director of basketball operations spot open, and uh, we're not in the SEC, we're not in the ACC, but you'll get to do some real work. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to Dad about it, and he was like, well, just kind of see if they can still throw the NBA in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Smart. So they agreed to that. That was mid-July. We were on vacation with Jessica's family late July. Mm-hmm. Two weeks go by, and I get a call, and it's Barkley. And I thought he was already going to fire me before I even got <laughs> oh, up there. No. And he called me and he said, hey, you know, our third assistant just took a, a JUCO assistant job in Florida. And um, we're actually just going to go ahead and move you up. And mm-hmm. just because the players are coming and we're going to make you third assistant, I want somebody I can really mentor. I want mm-hmm. somebody I can pour into. And it was probably my quote-unquote break, you know, just, just God's sovereignty of just, you know, allowing me to start 
on real work at 23 yeah, and being on the court and uh, being able to recruit. And to be honest with you, the last 16 years have just gone so fast that there there hasn't been much of a thought of like, like it, it just fit my gift set in so many different ways of loving the game, loving to compete, mm-hmm. communicating, being around people, you know, to be able to drive purpose, to be able to impact, to be able to relate. I get to do it all, and and I don't really have no, I don't, I don't really have days that are the same. And um, so, yeah, 16 years later, here we are. Wow, that's awesome. So we haven't said this, but one of the reasons we are having Bob on is because he's also a parent at Veritas, and you have two kids here. Audrey is in sixth. Sixth grade. Okay, and Mac is in fourth. fourth. Okay, and then Jax, did I get that right? Is not. Right, he's, we're, he's, he's new. We're pushing hard to get a like a pre-K program. Okay. <laughs> right, to get him accepted early. Um, so I was interested in asking you about just like having kids. So at Charleston Southern, no kids. Is that right? Audrey was born uh, our last year there. Okay. But essentially, your no time kids. there. Okay, and then after that, you come to. I came to Furman, Furman as, an as an assistant in right? eleven. Okay, and so just growing in a family and and having kids like did that change you as a coach I mean I know it changed you as a person I'm sure there's no doubt about it yeah and and there's a huge there's a huge deal in our profession the stigma that like you you can't do both well absolutely yeah you you can't you can't run a division one program and also have a close family and Mm -hmm. you know obviously I really don't subscribe to that at all I think that it's definitely obtainable I think that you know it definitely shifts your margins in some ways and Mm -hmm. And you better have a wife like I do. That's that's the best. Yes, and um, yes. you know she just she's sacrificial and mm-hmm. she really does an unbelievable job with our our kids of just the commitment to making sure that they're in not just a home but also an educational atmosphere that aligns with our values right. in a place of like Veritas. And so what we say a lot is balance is difficult in in, in my journey, mm-hmm. but blending is doable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this idea of balance of like, hey, is the left side or the right side, where's this thing leaning? I, I'm not, I don't want to get necessarily a philosophical conversation about it, but for me personally, what, what I, I don't necessarily want to talk about which one work, which one here. Mm-hmm. I want it all to blend together, yeah. you know, to yeah. a point where I feel like I can, when I go home, when I go to the office, when I'm in the community, when I'm sitting here with you, like, everything's one direction right and it's not that I'm having to give up one for another when I leave here I'm going to my office and I'm gonna you know there's gonna be decisions that impact the lives of our student athletes made there's gonna Mm -hmm. be conversations that that have an opportunity to change somebody's life right well when I go home there's the same thing going on and last night Mac turned 10 and he has friends over but he also has Mike Bothwell at the dinner table. Oh, my goodness. And I so love it. And so for us, you know, and Mike Bothwell, for the yeah, listener, yeah. first-team all-conference player, um, just, stud, just an unbelievable stud. person, unbelievable <laughs> player. He's out there in the driveway playing basketball oh with goodness. all these fourth graders, and he could have been a million other places. Yeah. And so I say all that to say, for us, we're constantly looking for how do we blend. Right. And when we found the Veritas model, you know, I had zero leverage when I got offered this job April 7th, 2017, Mm -hmm. because I was an assistant, and whatever they put in front of me, I was going to sign. (laughs) So the one thing I asked my AD at the time, Mike Buddy, who's now the AD at Army, I just said, look, I I don't really care what's on that piece of paper. I'm signing it, but I would love just to add a clause that allows my family to travel without questions asked and to give us the flexibility to blend. And um, the school agreed to that. And the Veritas model has helped us with that. And, you know, my, my family was at Louisville this year when we won, yeah. right? My family was at Villanova when we won. And my family is able to still maintain a very high standard academically that is aligned with what our values are as a family, but also maintain this, this ability in our chaotic life to be able to blend mm-hmm. when we can. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a perfect match for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, I ask one thing you said there of like, even in that first contract where you feel like you have no leverage, you're saying, hey, I need this clause. For you, are there other ways? Because I feel like for men, and I'm chief of sinners, for men, I feel like it's it's hard for us, um, it's hard for me at times to be like, hey, I got to shut down the work side of things, right? And I agree with you. I, I hate the balance metaphor. Like, work's a part of life. It's not like mm-hmm. work versus life. Work's a, work's a privilege That's in, right. in a lot That's of right. ways. Yeah, and it's, it's a, a great part of vocations, what God called us to do. It's awesome. Um, 
But how do you, again, and I, I can only imagine, you know, the phone calls, the whatever, recruiting, I mean, all that, like, do you have kind of tips and tricks or is, is there certain things that helped you kind of say, hey, here's how I can be best present with my family um, well, versus present with my players or whatever? I know my wife's going to be listening and I don't want her to cut this off at this point. So. <laughs> I... Uh, I can give you some tips on what doesn't work, <laughs> but mm. you know, it, it's hard. It really is. Yeah. And, um, I think the best, the best piece of advice, and I'm, I'm talking to me, I'm, I'm actually awful at this and I, I feel like I've gotten better and I feel like there's some things that have worked. I think that the essence of planning and blocking time off and just protecting it and understanding that, Hey, when, when we get to it, the idea, if it's, if it's a, if it's an open-ended discussion of, Hey, where are we going to put time? And, there's no boundary, then yeah, you're just going to fill it with the next activity. There's going to be yeah. something, yeah. right? And in my world, in a lot of worlds, there's always something to do. Right. There's always a step of progression. There's always a point of growth. And so you really got to say, okay, this date to this date, we're shutting it down, right? Yeah. This date to this date, we're shutting it down. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I do think, and I will say this, I don't, I don't want to be, I do think there's some conventional wisdom in this question that I personally don't agree with in terms of just looking at the amount of time you're at home. Because I think it, it, it still becomes the, arg the argument of, is it is it quantity or is it quality? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I'm home, am I really fully present? Right, right. Because mm -hmm. if I'm home and I'm not present, am I really getting anything done, right? right? And so this, this idea of just, hey, how much time are we there versus what, what are we actually doing, you know? And am I making sure that I'm intentional with my children, my wife, the collective of our family, mm -hmm. and, then, and then making sure that, you know, there is this protected boundary a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the newborn, having Jax this year was, a, was an interesting dynamic because it was smack in the middle of our season. Right. And um, he was born at 3.30 in the morning on January 5th. We played that night at 7 at Greensboro yes. on national TV. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those situations where I really, in the depth of my heart, uh, I, you know, we haven't had a kid in nine and a half years. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I've never been a head coach with a newborn. Mm -hmm. And I was really trying to figure out, like, quietly, like, how's this going to work? Like, mm -hmm. am I going to mm -hmm. be able to do it? Like, right. what are these two months going to look like? And, um, you know, it was funny. We laugh about it now. Jax has a better winning percentage than, than, than <laughs> I did during the collective of the season. Awesome. And, um, but it was, it was a great teaching moment for me. There was an element of trusting that I had to have with our staff, but also yeah. with my personality more so just in my faith of like, you know, God, this is, this is what you have for our family. I'm not going to be able to just absolutely, you know, go through everything that we have to go through and not be present in this. And there were some times where I just had to depend on my staff. And, mm -hmm. you know, I came in a little bit later and I was trying to be a little bit more attentive. I knew nights were going to be later and I knew there was going to be travel. And so when you're pulling from this end, you know, where does Jessica see that I'm at least present? Mm -hmm. Can I take some calls and watch from film from home? And, you know, then you watch, you look back on the season, and you're like, you know what? We're four seconds in a miracle for oh, in, in a streak yeah. of 41 years yeah. mm -hmm. with a newborn. And, and it was just a reaffirming of me that, hey, you know what, you know, God's in control of this. There's an element of faith. You know, in our business, they say luck's a huge, a huge factor in a lot of things. But really, at the end of the day, like, right. you got to have faith and you got to trust. And, um, you know, but going back to the original question, it's it's hard. I mean, because, like I said, we're, we're very, we have a, I mean, we've had a family stay in our house this week. We've had players over. We've had, you know, I would say that part of it is, the, the impact, the relational element that we try to do, there's, there's, there's a sacrifice in that, and there's a time commitment in that. And, um, but it's something that our family's committed to, and, and um, it's just something that we have to continue to you know, make sure we're having mm -hmm. everything in check from where our time's going. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, I will never forget sitting at Timmins Arena. Everyone's going nuts. I think I'm playing Mercer or something. It's some really great game. And your kids are down there and Max going crazy and Jax is in front of me next to Jessica just totally asleep 
and just it was just headphones like on, headphone, headphones headphones were on. Yeah, yes, we don't. Yeah, headphones were on. Um, but it was just really like, man, that is kind of mm-hmm. how you do it. Like yep. you and I know it's not easy, and you guys make it look easy, but I know it's not. But it's worth it. I mean, how many kids can say they played with Mike Bothwell in their driveway? Mm-hmm. Like that's neat. I don't know. I just think y'all do a great job, and it's beautiful to watch it unfold. And I. The coaches that I have respected the most throughout my athletic career are always ones who do the blending. Like, they bring their family along, mm-hmm. and they have these relationships. And I know that it makes a difference to the players. It made a difference to me, and I know it made a difference to other girls on my team when the coaches did that. So, yeah. Do you do you find it, like, as a, as a dad, uh, as a coach, as a husband, uh, but I guess specifically, like, as a dad, what is – what does that look like for you, you know, with Audrey, Mac, and maybe Jack, you know, Jack someday, but right now, like, uh, I grew up, my dad's a pastor, you know, and like pastor's kid, you know, there's all kinds of whatever, it's you know, whatever, whatever is in your, yeah, that's, that's a different issue, <laughs> but like coach's kid kind of has those other things. So like for you as mm. a dad, um, man, how do you, like, you love the game that comes through your kids know you love the game, right? But like, how do you encourage them without I don't know, them feeling that, like, dad's love for me is bound up in basketball, so mm-hmm. to speak, if, if that makes sense at all. 100%. I mean, it's something where Mac – well, first thing I'll say this, I've never pushed either of my children to play or be as passionate about the game as I am because I never wanted that pressure to be, mm-hmm. you know, connected there. I wanted them to know that I'm their father, I'm not their coach, mm-hmm. and they don't need to play this game if they don't want to play this game. And I wanted that to kind of come naturally. I didn't want it to mm-hmm, feel like it was mm-hmm. forced. And, you know, they're both different there. You know, Audrey, I wouldn't say that she necessarily loves basketball. She likes it. You know, she'll play and she'll run around. Um, in terms of the games, you know, she's going to have a different view of it. She, she enjoys going. Mac probably is going to not sleep as well the night before the Watford game. You know, that, that's <laughs> yeah. just kind of like Mac's all the way in. And, yeah. and yeah. He, he almost in some ways just lives for this stuff. And so both create challenges mm-hmm. because on one end you would say, well, oh, that's easy with Mac. But if I just look at that and say, okay, check, my time with him is through this mm. and he gets to see me here yeah. and this is all th- – this is – this is the pre like I'm good. Yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a fault in that too because mm-hmm. he needs different time outside of that as well. Mm-hmm. With Audrey, the 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 difficulty or the challenge I should say is, you know, if I say, hey, do you want to go to this road trip? She's gonna say, well, is it just me and you? You know, is it do, mm-hmm. do I get this time? Mm-hmm. And then if I do get to go, are we gonna be able to have coffee together? Right? Are we gonna that be able to have like she's gonna want it more for the experience. She's not gonna want it to necessarily say, hey, I was at the game. Yeah. And so I have to make sure with her that I, you know, I've seen it. I've seen children resent, you know, yeah. their, their dads in this because it becomes an all consuming deal. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure that they, they know that, hey, our job is demanding. Our job has greater purpose. There, there's an intentionality behind what we do that's that's critical and that, that we have a lot of players depending on us making a four-year impact in their life, and we want you to be a part of that. And But that, that is secondary to mm-hmm. making sure that, hey, our faith and our family still become the main priority. And so with Audrey, it's just it's just a different time component that i got to make sure I balance. And so, you know, one thing's simple. You know, I do try to bring the kids to school. You know, that's something we started last year where – you know, if I get those 10 minutes mm-hmm. in the morning, right? And then on Mondays, it's just Audrey and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've enjoyed that. We've enjoyed, you know, running to Starbucks in the morning and, you know, just having that extra time together or running to Sully Steamers real quick. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes the Hambies will join us. And, you know, we'll just – it's it's having those little pockets of time, even in the madness of it. Mm-hmm. But both situations, completely different, completely unique. I tell – I kid with both of them, you know, ultimately a, a fun vision would be to have – Mac is an assistant on the bench with me. Oh, my goodness. And, um, and then Audrey basically is like, you know, program manager, <laughs> just, just running the whole thing. You know? Game operations. And um, yeah. she's, she's a uh, – I, I feel like she's got some natural leadership in her that I don't want her to feel like, hey, this is – you have to go do this with it. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's, it's been neat to have both of them part of the journey for sure. So they are athletic kids because Audrey played volleyball. And basketball. Uh, and basketball and Mac – would have played had he been old enough. I know he would have been on the court. He actually did play in that scrimmage we had. Um, 
And was Audrey at tennis? She might have. There were so she many did. kids. Okay. She did. She was there. Um, <laughs> Says the coach of tennis. Says the, okay, all right. Um, yeah, so I'm just wondering, like, for parents who are listening and their kids are playing sports and they're in this world of sports, what is your advice? You have a unique perspective. You're a coach and a parent. Like, what do you want to say to parents, like, hey, this is what your kid needs from you? That's a, that's a big question. Wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going I'm to give my real answer, okay. and it's going to be completely opposite of probably what the listener is expecting right now. Okay. I, I think that we go back to this word balance. I, I, and listen, I'm not saying this as I'm better than anybody, okay? I'm not. I'm, I'm, I, I have many a faults. From my angle as a Division One coach and seeing how this process works on the back end, mm-hmm. I feel like the youth sports model is completely a disaster. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of identity being put into it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of worth being put into it because we're chasing something that we feel like is tangible. And on the back end of it, we don't understand how tight the funnel actually is. Mm -hmm. And so what could happen is there can be a lot of pride and even some ways some community and some ways some affirmation of this is what my kid's doing and this is where we're traveling and this mm-hmm. is when we're practicing and we're going to the field, the court, the, the, mm-hmm. the gym every single night mm-hmm. and this is in, and we're on go. And then on the back end, from what I do, it's so selective, mm-hmm. right? And, and so my fear is knowing that right now, we had a recruiting meeting yesterday we, we don't have on our board for 23 maybe one state that has two kids represented on our board currently. Mm. Okay, wow. so there's one South Carolina kid. There's a Michigan kid. There's an Ohio kid. There's a Chicago kid. There's a Florida kid. There's wow. two Georgia kids. And, and we've got two scholarships. We have 13 total. And I just feel like, I feel like you know, I, I, there's, there's, a, there's a good book, and this is going a whole different way. Um, it was given to by one of my mentors, Mike Shabero, God Money. I was reading it this morning, and I was telling White, my wife about Jessica some, about some of it, but it was interesting. I said, you know, this is different because it's written by two Harvard guys, okay, mm-hmm. and this topic of God Money written by Harvard graduates, not a pastor, right? So it's mm-hmm. like I, want, I wanted to see, like, okay, well, let's see what these guys say. Well, I told Jessica this morning, she's like, well, the cool concept that they put in there in, in terms of financials was you have to define a finish line, because if there's no finish line, then enough never you never, never get to enough. enough. Right. And so now we're constantly saving, we're constantly putting this to retirement, we're constantly doing this, this, and this. We don't know what the boundary is, so that now we can give and now we can we can say, hey, mm-hmm. same thing in this. The question I would say for a parent is define your objective finish line. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to get out of this? Mm-hmm. And when you can define that and you can say this is what the finish line is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for a scholarship because that would be very dangerous. Okay, yeah. I would tell you, I would tell you to have them go do more academic and read more. They're going to have a greater chance of a scholarship in that area than mm-hmm. this area. But what are we trying to get out of this? And I just I, I'm fearful of identity being completely wrapped mm-hmm. into performance, and we try to guard this in our program. You know, and and. There's a neat video that just came out this morning about our graduates from the weekend. And, um, you know, it was interesting. We had our senior brunch on before graduation on Saturday mm-hmm. and all the seniors spoke. And you can see this on the video on our on our social media yeah, stuff. We'll but to, we'll, yeah, we'll it's it's really impactful. But but when they gave these speeches, there was no talk about the Villanova win. There was nobody that said anything about being ranked for the first time in school history. There was nothing about the Wofford sweep this year. There were, mm-hmm. It was all about relationships. Yeah. It was all about the connectivity. It was all about the brotherhood. It was all about the sacrifice, the work. And so I think having more conversations with children, this is why we're doing this. If you're going to the ball field five nights a week, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Just make sure you're defining why we're doing it, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Because if not, you could start to live, and I see this oh, yeah. vicariously through the kid, Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's your ball field experience. It's your gym experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, not trying to preach here, but that, that can become a form of idolatry to where, like, hey, this is this. I'm, I'm like, this is part of my my day to day. Like, right. I want how did my kid perform? Because yeah. I'm I'm assessing myself based on. Right. And mm-hmm. that can be, in my opinion, I've seen on the back end the dangers of that. So I would just be really clear with your family purpose 
of what is that boundary. For us, I don't necessarily like my children in more than two sports. Mm -hmm. um, and you can say, well, man, that's terrible. A coach would say that isn't a deal where you're supposed to play everything. I just feel like the framework of what we have going on right now is hard to commit to more than two. I do like two because I do think there is crossover skill. But once you get to three or four, you know, now now all of a sudden you're all over the place. And, um, you know, it makes it hard because all these sports at this point are asking for year-round commitments. And um, that's something that we're, you know, we as a family, you know, we just don't feel like we're able to invest that much time. But we still want to understand, hey, work ethic, understand how you get better at this, you know, that – we don't always have to have somebody that we're going to an event, right? Like in my world, the basketball and the empty hoop on the driveway still works, yeah. Yeah. right? And as yeah. parents, I think understanding the fundamental of that, you you don't have to go and say, hey, they've got to practice here or they've got to be at this event. Right. Like teaching them how to get through boredom and how to work on the same things over and over again mm -hmm. and how to really excel in fundamental areas and learning how to carve out time for them to improve and not to constantly be served. I think there's a lot of stuff there that our, our, our children need with that. Yeah, I definitely think on the, you said get through boredom piece. Like I've seen that if we started sports this year, more than when I was a kid, there's just like this, okay, what's next? And it's like, well, actually you need to do that about a thousand times, <laughs> just that thing. Like you just have to do that one fundamental because you don't, if you can't get that, we can't really go to the next thing. But you know, they're in like TikTok brain where they're like, we got to do the next thing. And I think, I think parents can help us with that and help all coaches with that by being like supporting the coach and saying, no, like you don't get to move on because you haven't done the foul shots as many as the coach said. So you don't get to go back to the three point line or whatever it is. Um, but I do think it's just different. I don't, I don't know. I think technology has affected kids in that way that they want to, they want to go on and on and on and, and they forgot or are forgetting about process and how good just staying in the hard thing and the lessons you learn from that. Do, do simple better is a phrase we I constantly like use. And mm -hmm. it's the separator, you know, like we're, we're constantly trying to, you know, do a little bit of everything instead of doing the simple better than anybody else. Right. And that's usually when you get in the business and when you get in the sport and you get in the, you get in the, you know, organizational behavior, the, the people in the programs that have a process that create this ability to do simple better, those are the winners. And, yeah. um, you know, because you just don't give yourself a chance to really get better in those areas that are going to bring them like the most activity in the course of a game. Right. Right. And you want to, you want to just expand yeah. as opposed to really focusing in. So, you know, the tension span is real, you know, that's, I think that in, we're getting a little bit more coaching, but I think that's where clear identity has to be set to know that, Hey, this is who we're trying to be. And so we're going to work on these things every mm -hmm. single day mm -hmm. because this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And when you can get it to that point of like, not, Hey, you have to do this to get to the next thing. Like that almost comes across is a little bit to them. Okay. I'm talking about the kid is a, yeah. a negative, right. right? Because it's like, well, it's this, like a punishment. This is restrictive. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. This is yeah. restrictive. No, 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 no. This is who we are. This is who we are. That's okay, right. and, and we're going to do this so much better in our competition, mm -hmm. and we're going to go beat them because of it. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you get this exclusivity of like, oh, wow, this is what Veritas does. So now we come to practice, we're going to play on two feet, right? We're going mm -hmm. to handle the ball. We're going to work on our shot prep because this is what we do. Yeah. And with that, there carries this excitement because – all these kids love exclusivity, right? I mean, for, for my kid's birthday, I want these shoes, okay? Well, why? Not any others. No, Dad, these are the ones that had da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. So as we teach and as we mentor, you can say, well, man, I don't really – no, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So then how are we using what we think at the top should be the set identity to create this exclusivity to this is who we are and really trying to get the children to rally behind that. Yeah, that's so good. We talked one time about practice and you were talking about how kind of, my paraphrase, kind of practice is the differentiator. Like we, every college program has the same amount of time, right? We don't get any more than anybody else. And so how you use that time, that's the difference, right? You know, um, and I was thinking about that with kind of exclusivity, identity, um, and how much of that for you as a coach, coaching staff, are you really drilling into what are those majors? What are those, again, skills, habits, you know, which is going to work out into drills and whatever? I mean, you've got to be a deep kind of philosopher of the game, so to speak, to be able to go, no, this matters more. 
right? Like you might think that looks good or you might think that's fancy and it is, you know, 360 jam. You know, I, <laughs> I hate it when I go into the gym, like my top pet peeve is seeing kids like Jack and like half court shots. And it's like, y'all are wasting time in the gym. You're, you're, you're not only are you not getting your shot form better, you're actually destroying your shot form because you're just chucking a ball as hard as you can. So like for you as a coach, like what, what have you kind of seen? Like, man, these are the things that, that, that matter the most and, and maybe even more so what was your process or how, how did you think about that? Cause I think that is practical for all of us. Like what's the stuff that matters most? What is worthy of our time? Well, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like you as leaders, you better know identity. I mean, if you don't know identity, you're not going to be able to have a competitive advantage and you're going to be in the business of replicating as opposed to differentiating. So as a leader, I always, I always want to be in the market of being different. I tell our staff all the time, I was texting them this morning, like, continue to tell recruits we're different mm-hmm. and understand, like, that's our edge, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's our right. separator, that's right. okay? So we are different, and we're, we're unashamed. Like, like right. this is who we are, mm-hmm. and we're convicted in this. Mm-hmm. Now, as the follower, they want to be at a C, this difference is producing. Right. Be yeah. good difference. <laughs> but, but as the leader, if I'm not convicted in the difference – and I'm not leading in a way that shows this is a separator, mm-hmm. the two have to go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of study that comes into that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, watching basketball and seeing, like, mm-hmm. this is my personal philosophy. But here's what I'll tell you. I don't think it's always what's the secret way, okay? I think that it's not so much, at the end of the day, it's not so much, hey, this is the only way as opposed to this is our way, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and being yes. comfortable in that. And mm-hmm. so there's a good book. It's it's more of a buffet-style book, but called Getting to Us. Seth Davis wrote it, one of the national commentators. It's got about, you know, 10 coaches, 30 pages apiece, okay? So you've got you've got Irma Meyer, you've got Coach Sweeney, you've got Doc Rivers, you've got, um, all, you got 10 coaches, okay? You read the book. I was at Hilton Head four years ago. I read it, you know, at a convention down there, and I get through it, and I'm like, they all have different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But the the unique thing is, as you were reading the chapters, you're like, but you couldn't talk them out of it. Right. They're all passionate right. about you their could, way. You, you could not talk them out of it. Yeah. And so what happens is, it's, it's, just, like, it's just like investing, right? Like, as, if you're unchanging and you're convicted, then what happens is the daily return that you get on that investment, when you look back and you say, hey, we were the same then as we are now. We adjusted, we adapted, but we didn't just come wholesale and change out. Right, right. We didn't sell out. We didn't go like you look at us fundamentally mm-hmm. five years ago. It's the same thing. So, so what's the return on that? Yeah. Well, now you have people that are believing. Now you have mm-hmm. people that are saying, mm-hmm. "Hey," and so now you come to practice, and this is what we do. So, I think that's a little bit of the trick in it. I want to have a sustainable winning model, right? At the end of the day, I don't want to just have a winning team. I want to have a winning program. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that our guys know it. I think this the, 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 deal, the deal with practice is, again, we're different there. I mean, we, we really try in the idea of less is more, but when we go, we go. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's very deliberate and it's very urgent. And there's mm-hmm. an element that we always try to combine urgency and joy the best that we can. And there's never this idea that, hey, we're going to go slow here or we're going to kind of, it's when we go, we go. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that, like, we're, we're probably not going to do the most in the country because we don't want to. But we want to be the most deliberate when we are going of anybody else in the country. And we want it to be set to identity. And, um, and so there's a very competitive element in what we do. There's a very intentional element in what we do. We're gonna. We're not always gonna do the same thing over and over. I do. I do like to change stimulus, but I always want to make sure the output is geared towards identity. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's something that we really spend a lot of time on. And you know, the separator, as we say, is people. You know, in our world, you hear you know, recruiting is the lifeblood of the organization. Mm-hmm. I like to call recruiting selectivity. I do think there's a measure of selection, and there's a starting point that is critical when we're trying to create culture. And so for us, there's this, there's a very rigid and like hard process that we go through that we don't skip steps on to make sure that we're bringing high potential individuals into our organization because we want that starting line to be as pushed out as Mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. We all know the phrase that like people make the difference, but you very rarely hear people define, okay, well, great people win. Well, yeah, we know that. Okay. 
but what are we looking for? What defines great people right. for What's us? Great. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. for us, we want deliberate people. We want urgent people. We want people that have a, a desire to continuously improve. But we also want people that want to work for greater purpose. Right. That's really, really important to us. And we also want people that understand connectivity. And so now if we can get those five things, then now all of a sudden we're getting a starting point that's going to aid to the culture. It's going to aid to the identity. They're going to feel it. We're not having to convince them that this is who we are. They come in knowing that this is who we want to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And so now that you can put days together of improvement and alignment to a way where you look back and your organization just continues to get better. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, like, when Veritas was starting up, we this was a, a huge deal. I went to a conference one time, and um, the guy who was speaking um, – kind of consultant in, in the school world, but he, he kind of used the metaphor of like, look, you're never going to out Timex Timex. Mm-hmm. Timex, like, they got their thing, man. Like, you, you're not going to beat them. You could make something else, but you got to figure out who you are. Are you Rolex? Right? Are you BMW, Toyota, Ford? What are you? And it's not like better or worse. It's not right or wrong. Like, man, there's a time for a Rolex, so to speak. Apparently, I've never had a time for a Rolex, by the way. <laughs> but like, there is that time, maybe. Apparently. I'm so surprised. From <laughs> Sorry. That, here. I, I, you know, anyway. But like knowing who you are. And I remember one of our board members, Matt Miller, saying um, before Veritas had started, because Leslie and I were looking, my wife, you know, we were looking at Veritas and kind of like, this is crazy. It's like a niche of a niche of a niche, right? It's Christian. There, there's, you just cut off a whole bunch it's classical. You just cut off a whole bunch. It's university model. What is this thing? Like you are, you are slicing this pie so small. But one of the board members, you know, Matt said, he said, we are, we are so committed to our identity that we're willing to watch it fail rather than change. Mm-hmm. And like that has stuck with me mm-hmm. to now. You know, yeah, I'm like, hey, good. this is what we're trying to be. Conviction. And we're not trying to be, you know, hard-headed or difficult or closed-minded or any of that nonsense. But you're just saying, this is who we are. Like, we're, we're not, you know, this other huge, you know, Christian school in town. or We're not the $20,000 model. We're not the public school. We're not the this. And just being like, and that's okay because we're not the only game in town. You can go pick somewhere else, and that, that's cool too. But, man, I'll tell you, like, it, I think it comes through in, in the cultural piece because yeah. you're not left yeah. wondering if you belong. It's so good. I mean, and, it, and it's why you guys have continued to see the growth and, you know, Ginger and Ben Wallace are some of our close friends and, you know, they were the ones that really kind of started to show us, you know, this is what the Veritas model is about. And, you know, I guess four years in now, even when we're having dinner with them, I I just love hearing their conviction. You know, I just love hearing the passion and the belief in it. And, you know, I think you you go back to that, right? You are always looking to replicate, you know, this school did it this way. Let's see if we can do that. The, diff- the real difference makers are still going to be the ones that really have a model that they're convicted to, and you take a lot of pride in the difference like we talked about. And, you know, there's Nike. We all know Nike, right, yeah. and Phil Knight and what he did. And there's a, it's the, the book, Shoe Dog, that goes into kind of the story of Nike is really interesting. And this is going to sound like, well, hey, this isn't really the Christian model of, of humility, but what I'm saying here. But you'll hear my point when I say this, but – one thing that they talked about as they were going through Nike, I mean, there was probably seven or eight times Nike should have just folded up, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, we, we shouldn't know it today, mm-hmm. okay? Losing, losing, you know, money, not being able to get, you know, the loans that they needed to get, some of the competition. But one thing they said in there that I, I always remember where I was when I read it, but it was, we, period, made, period, this, period. And it was like this idea, like, we made this. Now, mm-hmm. From a Christian standpoint, we want to make sure that that we is in line with our faith and mm-hmm. our Father and what we're trying to do, that this is a collective of the body and that we're mm-hmm. we're trying to use this as it, our, our we is not just us, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. idea that as people we did all this. But the we component is is critical. The made component, right? Like we had our hand in this. Mm-hmm. This is, and, then, and then the idea of this, right? Like this is selective. Mm-hmm. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. It's not we made that or we replicated that. Yeah. And I think that's that's the fun of, of leadership and really but there's an uneasiness with that. You know, there's a there's there can be a there can be a fear with that that if not coupled with a faith and a conviction okay. that can make you steer away or when you go through adversity that you can say, ah, oh, is this the right way? And those are the defining moments, mm-hmm. right? Yes, those are the defining yes. moments right there when it doesn't appear easy, when it doesn't appear doable. Expansion looks scary. Mm-hmm. Change looks scary. Are we going to stick to identity? Because a value is not a value till it's tested. 
Mm-hmm. When it's tested, you find out, does it come off the wall? Does it come off the T-shirt? Does it really get into the fabric of the organization? And so we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be able to stand of those passions and convictions when they are tested? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've personally, as a parent, have enjoyed about this model and being a part of it is, I mean, when, when you come to events here and when you hear people speak about it, the biggest thing I've probably liked about our children being in this school is the people that I've gotten to associate with mm-hmm. outside of this building, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the dinners and yeah. the coffees and the kids running around. And because there's a like-mindedness to it, there's a difference that we've all selected for, for a purpose that we're all, and, and so there's, you can kind of do life together in mm-hmm. some ways that I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking this morning, I mean, I've already heard via text from three dads this morning. I mean, it's 1115. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it's, and it's like, we've had, the, we've, we've been able to create a community within the community that I feel like has been huge in us being able to, mm-hmm. you know, help our family yeah. as we navigate life. And I think one thing that you, like, I love that you said you were texting, you're recruiting people, like, keep telling them to be different like remind yourself of who we are all the time which I feel like is something here at Veritas I told John the other day I was like I feel like anytime I talk I'm always saying the same thing and he's like yeah that's good (laughs) you should be (laughs) like that's the gospel you know and what's our gospel here and who are we and we need to keep going back to it back to it back to it because if we don't like you said those fears and pressures are going to get in and we're going to start getting kind of confused so I think it's important to constantly be like we're different. This is why we're different. And to really know it, which I think Veritas does a great job of giving people opportunities to really know what it is, what we are, who we are. So. It was a program we say language brings exclusivity. Exclusivity brings buy-in. But it starts with the language. It starts with so when, when you yeah. when you start saying, hey, I'm saying the same thing over and over again, that's what you want because that language mm-hmm. will bring exclusivity. That exclusivity now brings the buy-in. And that's more from a competitive mm-hmm. program standpoint for us but it applies yeah. it applies to school it applies to business it applies to everybody sure. and um you know i think that's if you find yourself in that mold that's exactly where you want to be mm-hmm. because that identity will be the fr- the filtration for all decision making that's right mm-hmm. like that's if right. if you don't have identity yeah. then you c- it's really hard to get to know right now everything's a possibility every idea is good right but if you have identity now that is the filter yeah. to decision making to where we can convictedly say no but we can also convictedly say yes, yes. Yeah. Right. yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah we have a faculty meeting later and <laughs> i can tell you what's on the top of the sheet you know it's like you just go back to again the, those those ideas of for us we say we're growing in the love of god and that's very abstract right well what the, how do you do that but the three things we highlight right are we're going to be courageous learners Right? So we're not going to be afraid of new ideas or new books or new math concepts or whatever it is. We're going to learn to move forward into things that, that maybe are, are scary to us. We're going to be thoughtful communicators. right? So you know, students giving presentations or whatever it is. Man, come up to the board and, and show us what you did. And, you know, so yeah, we, and then gracious servants, pardon me, is our third one. But like that, man, it's so freeing. right? It's, it's where it's like it's freeing to have the fence because you can let the dog run. Right? There's the fence. Go run in that fence, man. As long as, as long as we understand what, what, what that boundary is, man, now we can have so much fun in the classroom because cause I can run it through that matrix of like, hey, is this a text, exercise, whatever it is, project, is this helping us grow in these ways? If it's not, I, it doesn't belong. Mm. It just doesn't belong. That's right. Um, it may be a good thing. And, and I think that, that, that screws up, I feel like, a lot of like leaders' thoughts and just people, right? Like, wait, are you saying that's bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's not what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we actually say this a lot. We're not saying this is the only way. We're saying this is our, our only way. That's right. That's so right. Good. Yeah. And and I think people understanding that is like, that's so critical. This isn't a right or wrong deal. Right. We're, we're trying to flourish inside an identity that we're convicted in, and so as we do that, we we have to keep the boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. It's sure. the whole river versus the flood. Like, the 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 flood is the same amount of water but it's wide and it's sitting there and really can be a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. You take that same amount of water and you put it on boundary mm-hmm. and you create a force that really can just break through anything. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's not more water or less water. Right. It's do we have that boundary? And I think that's what you're doing. And I think there's freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I think as you as you look around and it's that that's where, you know, we all, everybody's tweeted or put on their Instagram at some point comparisons of thief of all joy mm-hmm. the the application to that in our life in our in our business in our school 
well, are, are we comparing? Or are we convicted? Mm. And then if we're convicted, what does that look like? Yeah. And like understanding, like, and I tell our staff all the time, we have a group chat and you'll have the, you know, this, somebody will put in, well, ETSU just got this. Com- I don't care. Like, who did, what did we do today? Mm-hmm. Right. And then at the end of the day, when we go to play them, if that's where our focus is at, like, did Furman get better today? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the noise of what's going on the outside. Did we improve today? Mm-hmm. And because it can be, it can be very distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob, we could talk to you for like so long, a whole day. <laughs> but, but oh, it may. We'll try to get you back. I think. Uh, I think. I think you've got so much wisdom. I'm, I'm appreciative of your time, to say the least. But the one question that we want to ask every guest who who comes on is. Uh, is there something you've read or listened to, watched, whatever, lately that that has has you thinking, has you wondering, is just affecting your mind? You, you mentioned a book earlier, but it could be something else or anything at all. Well, reading is a little bit of what slows me down a little bit. I, I, I don't watch much TV. I don't I don't sit still very well. So I do try to start the day and end the day usually reading something to just kind of slow down a little bit. I've got a wide range of what I enjoy reading. I did mention that book earlier, God and Money. I think it's a fantastic book. And, um, you know, it's it's just, like I said, it's two Harvard graduates that just went to Harvard, you know, trying to, you know, attack the world and mm-hmm. just, you know, create all this wealth. And now it's, you know, you, you just, it's it's an interesting perspective. I think a lot of my reading, some of it is, is field specific, you know, to, to coaching. Um, but you can get a lot out of a lot of different books, right, from yeah. different angles. And um, there's there's a guy we're actually going through this book is a team this summer is a program. Um, it's 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 about peak performance and his name is John Elliott and it was actually written about 20 years ago. And it's probably the best book I read all year overall because I think there's a lot of and I'm sure a lot of listeners were always trying to figure out in our schedules and in our busyness, you know, mm-hmm. how do we perform better? And there's a lot of different thoughts out there. And I think it was really neat. He's he, his background is like neuro, neuroscience at Virginia, okay? Wow. So it's not just some guy that just picked up a book and wrote a leadership fable and just popped it out mm-hmm. there. But he kind of breaks down, since it was written 20 years ago, Fundamentals, he kind of throws a, a little bit of, you know, some dart at some of the current movements of how to perform. And this idea, I think this would be more applicable, and I could send the book if, if, it, if it interests anybody. This is the biggest thing I got out of it that I'll share in closing. We hear this word anxiety a lot in our world right now, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, You know, I've heard people say, you know, United States of anxiety. You know, that's what the A stands for. You see right now, there's articles right now coming out that, you know, child anxiety is at the highest point it's ever been. I've read things that, you know, before 2010, there there was hardly even a diagnosis of children anxiety. But it also is something that we're living with as adults, right? And we're, we're 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 not really putting a lot of thought into where's this coming from, right? It's mm-hmm. it's and you see breathing techniques and go do this and go do that. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that struck me from the book is it said, look, stress is not a bad thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Stress actually makes things happen, mm-hmm. right? It does. Like if we think of when we've been stressed, like right. it's a, it's a lot of times in life where like things we've we've been forced to get things done. My yeah. house is really clean. Correct. <laughs> right. 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 So stress in itself, we've conditioned ourselves through society to think that it's a bad thing, and we've made it basically equal anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the book had this interesting line that said, anxiety is actually just our mental interpretation of the stress. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is probably more coaching, but it's into everything. Like when the, when the hands start to sweat and the heartbeat starts to increase and the appetite goes down because we're not, you know, we're, we're shutting down the digestive process. That's not something we got to say, oh, man, why is this doing this? I need to lay down on the ground, and I need to count to 20, and I need to breathe right, right. and I need to eliminate this. This is not good. Right. It's actually, from a biological sense, the body saying, we're about to go get it done. Get yeah. ready yeah, for yeah, something. Yeah. Like, like yeah. We're, we're, about to, we're about to go do something. Mm-hmm. And so it's more so getting comfortable with that feeling, yes. right, instead of just interpreting it yeah. immediately to anxiety, and I'm overwhelmed, and what do I do here? Yeah. And it's and it's really good. It's 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 got a lot of good stories. Um, I've used it with our team. Like I said, we're going to go through it this summer. But um, we were just talking about the AP test, and it made me think of it mm-hmm. because he was talking about how he would work with a client, and they were about to go take the LSAT. And this guy had finished, you know, top of his class. He's about to take the LSAT, and and just thought he was going to do great. He studied all the time, 
and uh, every day, all day, and goes in there and just completely oh, no. bombs it. Okay, <laughs> and he calls he calls the author and he's like, I, I want to hire you. I want you to help me. And so he got his schedule and he said, Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to study in the morning for three or four hours. Okay, as hard as we can. We're going to shut it down. We're going to go get lunch. We're going to see our family. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a workout in. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to take about a three-hour block to where, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have life, mm-hmm. all right? And we're going to be balanced. And then we're going to go from about three to five or three to six, and we're going to take as many practice tests as we can because mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. point we've got to test ourselves on what we studied this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to wake up, and we're going to do it again. And this guy's looking at it. He's like, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. I was studying way more than you're telling me to study. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the guy's kind of uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. He does it. And he's like, ah, and, and as he was doing it, he started to feel it. He's like, yeah, he's like, he okay. Yeah. So then at the last part, they got to go take the test. And he says, okay, we got one more big talk here, all right? This idea of training versus trusting. So we've been training, okay? Mm-hmm. Now the training's over. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to trust, yeah. okay? So what you're going to do tomorrow is you're not walking in with a single binder. You're not walking in with a single note. You're not walking in with a single laptop. You're going to walk in that room with your head up and your shoulders high, and you're going to look around, and you're going to see all these people trying to get a last-second cram. They're going to be biting their fingernails, and you're going to walk in there, and you're going to trust, and you're going to have nothing in your hand, and you're going to go in there, and you're going to knock this test out. Mm-hmm. And it's not this idea of positive thinking. It's right. not any of that. It's yeah. just at some point you got to trust. Yeah. The work has been done. Mm-hmm. And he said he did. He said he walked in there mm-hmm. with, a, with a confident humility that, mm-hmm. that he had done what he needed to do, and at this point, he needed to let his his brain and his yeah. body just take over just and go do it, it. Yeah. to eliminate the thought of anxiety that, hey, no, 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 like God's given us gifts and talents and we're going to go in here and we're going to get this done. And he walked out and got his results a week later and he had the highest score in the whole room. Oh, and um, so anyway, that's that's a lot on that book, but it really, really good. John Elliott was written, written a few years ago, um, but I thought in terms of, you know, just some of the psychology behind some of the performance stuff out there, I just, I don't really agree with, and I thought this was a little bit refreshing. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you so much for doing this. Seriously, we could talk to you for a really long time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, uh, thank you all for listening to Bob. Uh, until next time, live well. We'll see you all soon.